Welcome to episode 22, my conversation with Darren from Pride Matters. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Major, and this is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to learning more about LGBTQ people by having personal conversations and sharing their experiences. And now my good friend Matt Ian Kelly is going to read the disclaimer for the show. This is Matt Ian Kelly of The Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man. Keep in mind, the Straight Up Gay Podcast is free of cursing, but we may have topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to answer those questions, turn back now. Today is June 11th, 2017, and on the show I have Darren. Darren is the creator of Pride Matters. Uh, we met on Twitter, and he goes by the handle at Pride Matters. If you like what Darren has to say here today, you can always reach out to him on Twitter. Let's get started with the interview, and uh, I just want to let everyone in the audience know that uh, while I was talking to Darren, uh, some of the audio got rough. There was some background noise and some echo. Uh, I'm going to do my best to clean that up during the editing process, but please um, bear with me. There was I did as much as I could during the interview. Darren kind of lives in a, in a remote area of the UK where his signal isn't the strongest, and so sometimes the audio dropped out or there was an echo or a background noise. I'll do my best to edit those out, but please bear with us for this episode if, if the audio is a little rough. Darren, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for asking me. Yeah, it was uh, kind of serendipitous that we kind of followed each other on Twitter and we got into having a conversation. Uh, I asked you if you'd like to do an interview and you were very welcoming and, and I hope that I made you feel comfortable enough to come on the show because you're here. So um, let's just jump right in, shall we? Of course. Ask me anything you like. Yeah, sure. So first thing I'd like to do is I kind of just told everyone that you're the, the creator of Pride Matters. So give us a little overview about who you are and, and what you do and what you're all about so that the audience kind of gets a picture of who we're talking to. Well, my name's Darren. I identify as a gay man. I settled Pride Matters um, a few years ago because I saw the need to actually help people educate themselves about the LGBT community and also bring a little bit of unity within the community itself. And that's what it was all about in a nutshell. And it was a gradual process. Th things actually happened um, to create what it has become today. Okay, well, that's really great. It sounds really good. I've I've checked out some of your website, and I guess the the idea is that you're you're basically the online text version of what I do, right? Like you interview and talk to people and and bring together different groups of people to have conversations, pretty much about Absolutely. what what you do, right? Absolutely. Uh, probably go a little bit further because we have done in the past and we will do it in the future, do things that are of historic value within our community. And also we'll be looking shortly at other countries as well as, you know, sort of Western countries and such as um, there's going to be a special on Nigeria and eventually there will be a special on um, Saudi Arabia and the Middle East that is actually coming up. So we do go into more depth with things such as laws and that side of things as well as 
And you're a worldwide organization, right? Like you, you don't just work out of the UK. You're in the UK, right? The United Kingdom. I'm actually in the UK. I'm in Sherwood Forest, and we've got people from all over the world. From um, I did mention before about Nigeria. There's three or four people in Nigeria um, doing things at the moment, which will come apparent in the next month or so. I one of my biggest editors is actually in Brisbane, Australia. We've got a transgender lady in um, New Zealand. Many people in um, in Canada and America itself as well. So it, it's global. <laughs> it's quite unbelievable, really. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really great. I mean, I was when we started talking, I was really impressed with how much you have been able to include people from other countries. While I, you know, I'm a I'm a single guy, you know, running the show. I don't. Uh, I don't have any people that work on the show with me. I produce, edit, organize guests, everything. I do it all myself. And and when I got to talking to you, I was like, man, this guy's really killing it. He's got people editing for his page from all over the world. And I thought it was really great that you were able to bring together so many people from such a wide array of backgrounds and around the world to contribute to your your passion and your project. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was really great. I saw it as a problem that needed to be solved, to be quite fair. The problem is that I see within the LGBT community is that we seem to always be individual groups and we're not helping each other out. And if I voice an opinion on, for example, the transgender community, it's unfair for that community because I am a gay man. So I don't know everything about being a transgender person or identifying as a transgender person so you do need to actually pull people people in and equally at the same time how i actually feel myself about my sexuality and about how it's perceived in my country is completely different to work with somebody who is living in for example nigeria or in america where you've got different issues and it was that that I wanted to achieve was to actually help people actually understand how diverse our issues are from each group within the LGBT community and also on a global scale too. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I mean, I think that's amazing. You've done uh, an incredible job with, with your project and, and with Pride Matters. And uh, I just want to give you a lot of kudos for that. Um, you've really done an amazing job. And, and I was personally impressed and honored for you to be on the show. So thank you for being here again. You're quite welcome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to get to know you personally a little bit more, if that's okay. So um, is it all right if we kind of do some, we'll talk about more about Pride Matters at the end, um, but can we get to know you a little bit more as a person right now? Yeah, there's nothing much to say, though. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's plenty to say. You just don't, uh, you don't realize it. So the first thing I'd like to ask is we I want to get to know you, you know, in a way that doesn't specifically speak to you as an LGBT person. So what kind of things do you enjoy as a person who is, you know, like anyone else, you you have, you know, love and hate and or not hate. You have love and you feel things. You're a person like anyone else, whether you're straight, gay, trans, whatever it is. So what are some of the hobbies or, or pastimes that you like to do that don't include you, you know, your identity as an LGBT person? Well, I'm I'm actually a keen gardener. Um, I'm in my 40s now, so you 
tend to sort of um, start chilling out a little bit more. Um, but I'm also I'm into sci-fi, um, and it's possibly why and how I actually met people online in the first place who were actually LGBT, who were actually into sci-fi themselves. And I'm also um, a keen amateur writer as well. And I'm hopefully touch wood. I'm writing my first novel at the moment, so watch this space. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, that's really cool. I, I wish you luck on that. I hope it, I hope everything goes well for you. Thank you. Do you have any role models as far as you know being an LGBT person or in general? Do you have any role models that you look up to or someone you know? Say, I really wish I could be wish I could be like this person. Well, regarding to my LGBT side, I suppose I've got quite a few little pockets out of different people. One person who I got an opportunity to talk to recently on Pride Matters was Peter Satchel. I don't know if you've ever read of him. He's a big activist in this country. What was the name again? I didn't quite catch it. Peter Satchel. No, I haven't heard of him. Okay, I'll send you the link. Basically, he's um, a big activist in the UK. And he's a human rights activist as well as LGBT activist. And he's been on the scene out there since the 1970s. And when I was growing up sort of in the 80s, he was the first thing I ever remembered of him was when he went to um, become an MP, um, which grossly failed quite a lot of a homophobia came out at the time what's an um, MP? towards him a um, member of parliament oh okay okay so he, he went you know he went to be elected at an election and he um he, he grossly failed he kind of you know brought out quite a lot of homophobia in the papers and things at the time and at that point he went right i'm going to do something about this and he started being more of an activist and and he's over the years he's um been involved with um quite a lot of um activism within the UK um so when i got the opportunity to talk to him i took the opportunity to talk, talk about historic um situations and things that he's actually come across to help us understand more about the past and he's just one of many. And then obviously when I was growing up, I don't, I'm not a typical gay man in the sense of you, I'm sure many people will say this, but you wouldn't actually know that I am actually gay walking down the street. So there wasn't that many role models about for me at the time because the perception that you would have of gay men at the time being effeminate and one thing or another that you learn later, it's not the case, you know? And so um, anybody who was in the late 80s sort of things, such as Holly Johnson um, from Frankie Goes to Hollywood, people like that were my role models at the time. Not When I started growing up and in the 90s, your role models start changing and you go, I want to be like one at the moment is Dustin Lance, black which i think is a fantastic guy and what he's actually done and what he's actually achieved for um lgbt in america uh who was that again um justin lance black justin lance black du justin lance black i don't know who that is tom daly's husband the guy who wrote milk who um produced milk 
Oh, oh, okay. I, I, I'm not super familiar with him, but I think I know who you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to do that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely have to research that. I'm always curious about learning yeah. uh, more yeah. about uh, yeah. my subject matter here. And, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll definitely look into that more. Yeah, basically he wrote Milk and he wrote um, a series um, called We Are Rising. And I don't know if I've got the name right then because I'm doing it on my mind. And he um, he's actually helped to give, um, how do I put this, to actually make us make people more aware about, you know, the past, so to speak, and what um, LGBT people have actually been through. So anybody like that, you know, automatically become my role model. <laughs> yeah, no, I can understand that with the uh, with the amount of activism and, and effort you put into your yeah. to your um, project. I can imagine that people who are activists are pretty influential role models in your in your world. So that's re that's really great. Can we go on and it look I'm looking at your pre-interview form here and you didn't really respond to being religious so you wouldn't really consider yourself a religious person and um you're not no. you didn't really comment on your relationship status which is totally fine. Uh you currently <laughs> You are a you're, you work. You don't go to school. You're a forty something man. So, can you um, help us um, learn more about you and how you came to the realization that you were um, an LGBT person, or you identified as a gay man? And tell us about the earliest experience that you recall in which you realized you were attracted to males. I was actually at a Cub Scouts meeting that we used to have in the UK. I heard somebody make a comment such as you know like kids do at nine years of age such as oh you push or something of that lines and i thought well maybe i am because i'm attracted to you know males and i sort of over time realized that oh you know maybe this is something a part of me um and of course then i went to comprehensive school that you call high school and I slowly started discovering that I was more attracted to men rather than women. I wasn't interested in girls in the sense of being, you know, sort of the sexual attraction. But what I did realize about myself was that I was attracted to women as friends. And I became slowly over time very close to quite a few you know sort of females and I was this is going to be the R part I was extremely bullied at school and it wasn't because I was gay because I didn't tell anybody I was gay until I was sort of 18 19 it was because of all things such as I had a speech impairment and so that was picked up on quite a lot and I'm also ginger <laughs> a redhead as americans would put it i was bullied and it was an everyday occurrence and it wasn't just one person it was many many people and that kind of affects you and it affects you for a long time and in about 2011 i went on facebook for the first time because i had a little bit of time on my hands after breaking my leg in several places. And I began talking to one particular person who was one of my major bullies. And 
she she was telling me about her life and she kind of has for forgiveness and that kind of started helping me to heal better than I ever had done even though I had dealt with it in my past that it made me more confident in myself and it made me understand why and how things actually happened when I was you know 12 13 and going back to my sexuality I don't see the two being connected and quite a lot of people say and they was bullied because they was gay I wasn't it was because of other factors in my life I as a teenager I without mentioning names I fell in love and I fell in love with a guy who fell in love with me so I was pretty lucky to have that circumstance and I we didn't live very close together to say the least and he visited me in his summers and I visited him you know sort of whenever it was kind of a thing I used to save up to actually go and basically be with each other for about three years and it was more like an innocent relationship and um, even though we did things such as kiss and cuddle there there was sexual involvement in there but I'm glad have I had my first you know sort of a sexual account with somebody who I actually did care and feel for and then when I had left school and I'd gone to college I um, started realizing that because of the distance of the relationship and the location of things that it wasn't going to work and I regret actually pulling the plug on the relationship and then you move on you meet somebody else and um, at that point was the point when even though I knew I was gay I put it into words and I told a friend and they said you need to find you know get a little bit of um, mm-hmm. help and because I had issues like every 18 year old does with regarding to the sexuality how you was going to approach it with people or how you was going to approach it with your family and and things like that now in the UK I'm not sure if you were hold on there for just a second I, I want to go back before you get too far from uh, something okay. I, I wanted to comment on I can I wanted to let you know that I definitely identify with the healing that can come from uh, getting to speak with your bully uh, but I was on the other side of that. So I, there was this kid when I was in high school that we bullied a lot and not for not not because he was gay and uh, just because he was, um, you know, an other that we could pick on. And later on in life, my yeah. my son, I have a 16 year old son. And, and later on in my life, he faced some bullying uh, of his own. And I saw the impact it, it took on him. And my son was yeah. b- bullied for several reasons, including that he's gay and realizing the toll it took of the bullying on my son um, through social media, through Facebook, I was able to, uh, we didn't become friends on Facebook for obvious reasons, but I was able to reach out to him and message him back and forth. And and, and I got the opportunity to apologize and and ask for his forgiveness and, and try to not explain why I did what I did, but, but acknowledge that what I did was wrong and tell him that I was sincerely sorry and let him know that I, I really 
would like to have his forgiveness if he could find it in his heart to forgive me. And he did. We didn't become friends on Facebook, which I totally understand. Yeah, sure. But he did accept my apology and he did give me forgiveness. And and for me, uh, as someone who was looking down the, um, at, at my son who was being bullied for being gay and, and for other reasons, just because yeah. he's an unusual yeah. kid, you know, I saw how it hurt him and, and just to get, just to get that kind of closure on that sort of, you know, harmful relationship and, and, and really have them acknowledge that, you know, they know what they did was wrong, I think can, um, be very powerful for people in, in their healing. And so, uh, I was really glad to hear that you were able to at least co- contact one of your, your bullies and, and get, yeah, and, and yeah. get that acknowledgement. Yeah. Well, in, in November time, we are actually doing an interview with her and it's, it's on its way now because obviously it's a big thing to actually do to actually talk about these things. And so we're actually leaving it for the International Bullying Week, Awareness Weeks that is in about November time, October, November, I believe. So that is to come. And also I said earlier that I was writing a novel what one of the biggest things about the novel is there is bullying involved and it's looking at the generational things of bullying in regards of where a 40 year old would be now and then somebody a little bit younger and then somebody who's a teenager and it's using three people from the lgbt community and that is you know it's kind of set in a made-up town from round here, so it's on the edge of Sherwood Forest. So it's got similarities to so where, you it, know. Is it grew- is it fiction based on real events, or is it going to be um, a non-fiction? It's um, it's non-fiction. Oh, okay. But there are things. Obviously, there are exper- experiences in there that are you know sort of not so much experiences as the emotions of that I actually felt at the time that I know other people feel and it's using three characters that are there are three characters that are based on LGBT communities so it doesn't just give you the lowdown on um, being bullied as a gay man it's being bullied as a transgender person as well as and it's looking at things such as technology and now that's played a part recently and things such as when I was bullied, I used to get telephone calls and to my house on a Saturday evening and all my family would be in the room and I'd get this call and they started asking me questions and it's like they really brought it home and just little things like that that needs to be mentioned. Um and also dealing too that has to be done and same as you said about your experience i when i was talking to a couple of bullies they actually was going through quite a lot of healing themselves um actually accepting what they've actually done and actually being sort of taking the responsibility and being responsible about it, um, which is brilliant when people do actually do that. And, it's, you know, we've got technology these days to send an email, send a Facebook message, whatever, to actually say, look, I'm aware of what I did. And 
I think we need to sort of sort of emphasize the point is um, if you did actually bully somebody, just um, send them a Facebook message just to say, listen, I know what I did. I know it was wrong and I accept responsibility and, you know, sort of play it from there because that's a part of the healing process, not only for the bully, but the bullied as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, I, I fully understand that. And, um, I know it can be both, um, powerful for the healing and, uh, for both people, you know, cause as much as a bully hurts a person who's being bullied, uh, in the end, I think the bully is, is also harming themselves by, by having such a negative impact sure. on someone else's life. Um, even if it's only yeah. psychological. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. To, to move on a little bit, though, I'd like to talk about um, the first time you put into words or when you first came out as a gay man to, to someone. Can you tell us how that went, like how that experience happened and, and what you did and, and how it all went down? Obviously, I said before about my relationship with my friend who lived away. I had moved on from there and I was about 18 at the time and I started going to the gym and I got I made a friend, basically, who I knew was um, straight and he just got married. And he was a little bit older than me. I think I was 18 at the time. And he was about 21, 22. And so he got married when he was young. And he um, he asked me what was wrong one day. And because I was a little bit down and I needed to sort of start getting out there basically and I was frustrated with myself and I told him and I told him I was gay and he was the first person I really used those words with and he was really good at the time I didn't have transport so he when he came and picked me up came back to his house I knew his wife anyway and we sat and we talked and they basically got me to phone up um, because this is pre-internet times and they basically got me to phone up um, London Gay Switchboard and I spoke to London Gay Switchboard. Well, basically, it was called London Gay Switchboard, but at the time, because there was nothing else in the UK, kind of um, looked after the entire of the country and I do believe it was 24 hours. Um, we was actually put onto an organization and i'm wondering now if they're actually still going um called actually um, i think they they do have so someone uh one of my previous guests they said that there was yeah. a, a switchboard lgbt helpline yeah 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 and i think there is that's an helpline there is there is an helpline and it's more you know it's bigger than ever but there was also another organization they got me onto called nottingham friend which is basically 50 miles away from where I live or lived. And I went to Nottingham Friend and actually sat down there and spoke to somebody and actually poured my heart out to them and told them absolutely everything. And basically what they did was body to you. So they helped you through whatever you went through. And you got their telephone number or a contact number and you could talk to them anytime that you liked at the time and I realized even back then how important looking back I realized how important it is to have that actual person to actually talk to and kind of offload onto 
of course, things were different back then. There was more issues regards more prejudice towards gay men basically the law wasn't even though it was decriminalized the law in the uk was kind of very sort of homophobic and various things that i've actually mentioned on the website such as um, the age of consent was 16 for heterosexuals but 21 for homosexuals so comes with that is quite a lot of sort of bullying i suppose and also um blackmail and uh, all types of different issues come out of just having that you know difference in the inequality there and then there's other things such as it was illegal to actually kiss in the street there was something called um, Section 28. I don't know if you've come across that. No, I, I haven't. I haven't heard of that. What's that? No, basically, Section 28 actually forbidded any government bodies, such as schools, colleges, um, to actually um, teach or promote homosexuality. And it lasted from 19, sort of, the mid 1980s until 2003 when it was debunked completely and of course that meant that gay kid can go to the teacher at school and say no i'm gay because the teachers was actually quite scared of what you know yeah what, how much trouble that they could actually gain to right because they wouldn't they wouldn't want to be perceived as as promoting homosexuality right yes yes Absolutely. And so, you know, it was a lack of education. So anybody who wasn't in school, in secondary school in the 19, sorry, in early part of the millennium, has never had any education on um, LGBT issues, to be quite honest, because before then, going further back in time, sort of the 1970s, homosexuality was only decriminalized in 1967 so there was never any education there and it was other sort of in the uk it was other sort of things that actually um i, I don't want to cut you off but we're, we're going kind yeah. of long so i'm really sorry i, I don't, I don't I want to realize that yeah yeah so let's I can go <laughs> yeah no you're a very talkative person and there's nothing wrong with that I, I i enjoyed listening to all of it um i just don't want to keep you on too long We're, we've already gone about 40 minutes and i try to keep the show to an hour so maybe we can do okay. another part and we can talk more because it's very interesting sure, to hear sure. some of the things that you have to share i would like to talk about um there were some things you didn't want to talk about which is fine so i just skipped down towards the end of the of the pre-interview questionnaire and and one of the things i saw in here that i thought was very important to share was some of the experiences you've had um as far as um, aggression or discrimination because you were a gay man or because you identified as a gay man um could you tell us about some of those experiences one of the most recent ones was that i had to have a few blood tests and things regarding to my health without going into much detail and one of i actually went back to get results from a doctor and she basically turned around to me and said you won't be able to have any children but i can't see that being a problem and then she presumed because you're a gay man so it's kind of not understanding that gay men sometimes do want to have you know sort of 
have families and create families. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hurtful to have the presumption that you wouldn't care about the fact that yeah, you, yeah. you couldn't reproduce. Yeah. Even, you know, I mean, in this day and age, there's other options other than just sex with a woman to have a baby. And so just to presume that, you know, you weren't interested because you're gay is, I can imagine, pretty hurtful, especially from a doctor who should probably know better. Be better, yes, uh, absolutely. And it's one of those things that actually you know, sticks in your mind as well, especially when, you know, I do as much activism as I do do. I'm aware of these, you know, sort of things that people do actually say without realising. And one of the other points I actually made made was uh, about language and how people actually, at the time, I didn't actually think it was, it was homophobic. But now when I think back, it's one of the most homophobic things that you could actually say to somebody and that is when you know somebody's sexuality knowing the times people would say boys will be boys and it's like dismissing somebody's sexuality no i definitely understand that because that's a common thing here for uh that happens in the u.s all the time when school-age boys may harass a girl you smack girls on the butt kind of thing or anything like that and and a lot of times yeah. when the girl complains, you know, oh, he's just being a boy or boys will be boys. Some of those similarly yeah. dismissive comments. And so, yeah, I, I've definitely come to realize that myself, that 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 whole thing, it just it, it gives them a sense of um, that it's OK to do these things. You know, when when someone just dismisses, well, that's just a boy being a boy kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a negative thing that I think we should address as a people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In regards to when. I first got a mortgage um, on my own. I'd been in a relationship for a long time. The relationship had actually came to an end and I was remortgaged. You know, I was taking on the mortgage completely. And my mortgage provider said, you've got to go for an HRV test. And they sent me privately for an HRV test. And I went into a private doctor and the, the nurse wasn't there, which is quite unusual. And the doctor, I had no counselling at the time. And the doctor said, oh, I'm going to have to take this test myself. And he basically put a needle in my arm and left it in my arm while he was reading the instructions on it, which is totally and utterly unprofessional. Oh, my God. Yeah. who? What? That's horrific. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like going white and being... Being a blokey bloke, I just like say, he says, "Are you okay?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." Um, but obviously, I wasn't, and I kind of walked out of there, and I was thinking that shouldn't have happened. And I made a probably my first ever bit of activism. Activism. Um, I made a real big complaint. Okay, I made I made a big complaint about it with um, my mortgage provider. Um, which obviously they had to apologize and everything. Um, and I I was quite amazed at the time how gay people was actually treated in regards to getting, you know, sort of gay mortgages. And uh, it's changed completely because they've had to change it. But it still, you know, highlights how much homophobia there is out there. Because there's one thing to actually press is that these and going back to Pride Matters a little bit, is that these problems may be sort of coming out of the UK and the UK's past, right? But they actually exist somewhere in the world and worse 
Um, so it's worse to he. It's good to actually bear that in mind and kind of listen to these little tiny stories and go, yeah, I can relate to that. I I've found I've looked through some of the the comments or some of the articles on your site, and and I can definitely see just a wide array of of topics and and people who comment and 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 share the stories on there or, or the yeah. experiences yeah. on there can definitely help um, a wide variety of people from the LGBT community. Sure. I, I, sure. I see the value in that definitely. I'd like to move on a little bit. We're still, we're, I okay. would I want, I don't want to run too long and then not be able to talk enough about <laughs> uh, pride matters. So just, just quickly, can you just try to keep this one brief, but just tell me about a time in which you received some much needed validation when you were struggling with your identity as a gay man, uh, in which, you know, someone really you was there for you and, and helped you through the hard time. Obviously I mentioned to you before about my friend who I first thought I was gay. I had another friend more or less at the same time, possibly six months apart, who um, I'd known since I was a kid. And I was still struggling at the time. And I he asked me what was wrong one evening, and I told him I was gay. And that, at that point, he told me his mother was gay and in a relationship with another woman. He was in the army at the time, and he was such a masculine man and he kind of, with him being in the army as well, you know, you get the illusion that um, people get, or you could do at the time, um, going back to that time period, that people could be homophobic. And he wasn't. He was completely, completely different. And he was very sort of, even today, quite recently, we've had a conversation on Facebook. So he's always been there as you know, as a friend for me and I owe him so much. Yeah. Well, that's really great. It's, I, I, I know there's a, uh, it's very important for people to find those, um, that person in life who has a big impact on you when you're really struggling. And so I always like to ask that question and hear the answers because I know sometimes there's, um, you know, you can really see the impact and, and you can feel it when people share their stories about how someone really impacted their life and helped them when they were really down and, and they needed help. And man, I, I just love to hear those. That's probably one of my favorite questions in the entire interview. So I think that's really cool. Good on you and good yeah. on your friend for being there for you when, when you needed help. I normally have some questions about, you know, what's going on in society that worries you about the future and, and, and what makes you hopeful. Yeah. But as much as I'd like to share those, you have some terrific answers here. We're running short on time and I'd like to talk more about pride matters. Okay. Um, so okay. for this interview, not that you didn't give good responses. I mean, it looks like you had some really good responses to this and, and unfortunately yeah. we're just running short on time and I don't, I don't want to, sure. I don't want to take away from the organization pride matters because <laughs> sure. I definitely want the audience to know about what you're doing. And, and so could you maybe tell us how people could reach your organization or reach out to you and if they wanted to read some of the articles that you have or or contact you and message you or even just get in touch with anyone from your organization? Yeah, um, basically, um, if you actually follow um, Twitter, which is at Matters of Pride, then send a request for a follow. I will talk to you. You know, just say I want to talk to you. The other way to do it is send an email to um, Pride Matters, Pride Matters One at gmail dot com. And if you want to have a look at the interviews and the different things that we've actually done, 
they are on a WordPress site at the moment, which is what the name of it. <laughs> are you talking about the website, the pridematters.wordpress.com? I'm glad you wrote that out in the interview form so I could help you out there because, yeah, so you, uh, yeah. it says here. has been on the blow when you can't remember. <laughs> well, that's that's the main reason why I do the the pre-interview form is because I know when you're on the spot and you're trying to remember, it doesn't help or it's hard to remember. And so yes. I, I think when you're not under the pressure, that that's the big value of the pre-interview form is so that people can – I can help you out if you get stuck. So, yeah, yeah so yeah, it says yeah. here that your website is – is pride matters just like it sounds dot wordpress.com yeah and regarding in regards to getting involved we've got kind of a transgender support group um so if you are transgender or you you know a member of your family is and you want a little bit of support from other people who are actually in the same position who understands the non-binary side of being transgender as well as you will need to actually go on to um, Twitter to actually do that and send a request and we will actually put you in there as well. And there's probably about 30, 30 members in there at the moment, which is growing almost every day. And they basically support each other. And, you know, it's kind of going back to what I said in the beginning of I want voices in there from all over the community. It's not about me, it's about you. And, and that that is one thing that I've pushed all the way through. I don't want people attacking other sort of groups or and you know alike that you actually see happen at times. And I want people to actually feel that they can actually put their opinion out there within reason. And I do promote if you want to write for us, then please come forward and I'll send you a template and what we actually need which we're improving on all the time to make things better. And you can actually write or get involved. We have done a series recently that is actually being developed even further um, called One Subject. And it's basically one subject from one part of the acronym. And um, we take several different people's point of view on that one subject. Um, so far, we've done a transgender one a um, bisexual one and an asexual one yeah that's really cool i know you guys have a wide variety of of topics and articles and and interviews that you share and yeah. that's probably i think the the best part is i think anyone from uh e even straight people i think could go there and find value in it and uh the fact that you Absolutely. have such a, ver a variety of interviews i think is really great and so it's i think it's a great resource along with this show i mean no kudos to yeah, yeah. to the straight up gay podcast cuz i try to interview people from all all parts of the lgbt spectrum and so can you briefly can you share one of the things i really wanted to talk about that's not in the form is your mascot the um the little logo that you have. Uh, I thought it was really neat. I didn't quite get it at first. Like I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, it seems kind of simple, but um, it looks like a neat logo or, or mascot, whatever you want to call it. And uh, then okay. you shared with me the story about it. And so yeah, that's the last thing I wanted to share with the audience. I thought it was kind of interesting. So tell us about that. What is that called again? They are called Mike's Pride. And basically, um, it was something that I actually came up with in the first place. And I shared it with a few other people to actually develop it, and it's based on um, various things within the uh, sorry within the acronym and also the original um, flag, um, which had 
that amount of colours in it. So it's actually going back to that stage. And each part of the facial features represents a part of the old flag. And it also represents other parts. Um, if you go on to the, if you, if you, if you go onto either site, so if you go onto the Twitter site, it's right at the top of the site. You can actually log on to it and actually see what each part actually represents. And obviously, you've got me on the spot here, so I can't yeah, no, I know. tell you which part's which. But he, he's kind of done on purpose to actually get people more educated on various parts of the community and also various parts of our history and our flag and kind of little things like the black outline represents the LGBT community of actually fallen and sort of parish and it kind of yeah things like that within it that's put in took a lot of developing (laughs) what i'll do is um because we're talking about something visual it's hard to describe in an audio podcast. So what I'll do is in the show notes for this episode and on the blog page, I will, I will link or I will post a picture of the, is it, would you call it a logo or is it a mascot? Um, yeah, that's, that's a funny one because he's more of a mascot. But he's also a logo at the same time. And also the other point about it is that we just refer automatically refer to him as him and we shouldn't be doing that. We're very naughty because he prefers, they prefer us to use the pronouns of they and... Yeah, something more gender neutral, right? Yes, absolutely. And that was the, one of the biggest points I we were trying to make within um, doing it is that actually don't just presume that they are male or female, you know, sort of, and respect what they want to use. Right. Which is you know, a point, it's difficult at times, like we just proved it and, you know, we didn't do it out of disrespect or anything, but if we continue doing it, then it would be disrespectful. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all make the mistake sometimes. I had an interview once where someone told me that they preferred the pronouns they, and I still said he, and I apologized and I was like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. I didn't, it wasn't intentional and I did my best to, to continue to use they. Um, so for everyone listening, I will definitely put up the mascot slash logo for the Pride Matters on the on the blog page, and I'll put it in the show notes on Pinecast. So if you're interested in, to, in seeing it or if you want to reach out and contact Darren at Pride Matters, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at it's at, at Matters of Pride, right? Yes, it's at Matters of Pride. Right, at Matters of Pride on Twitter. And then... Um, you guys can, you know, if you're listening here and, and you like what Darren has shared with you, I think it's a great, uh, it's a great organization. You guys have really made a rural impact, I think worldwide, as far as getting people involved from all around the world and, and congratulations on having such a, a great amount of success with, with your organization. Um, so make sure you go out there and you check out, uh, at matters of pride on Twitter and go to the pride matters, wordpress.com and check out their website. And, um, Thank you, Darren, for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. It was um, it was a great honor to speak with you, and uh, and uh, I'm really thankful to have the opportunity to share your organization with my audience. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And uh, for my listeners out there, remember you can always email me at major at straightupgaypodcast dot com. You can go to our homepage straightupgaypodcast dot com, and you can find all the links to our social media. I have a Google Plus 
Facebook account. I have Twitter, which is at SUG podcast is my handle. Um, I follow at matters of pride. Um, so you can always go to my Twitter handle and look at my, the people that I follow and find it in there. If you can't find it on your own, um, my Facebook page is facebook.com slash straight up gay podcast. And the show as always is hosted on Pinecast, but I will upload the most recent episodes to SoundCloud as well. And I also now host, or I also link the audio to my homepage, the straight up gay podcast.com. And I have a, a section now, a tab at the top that says episodes. So you can go back in there and it, it's an easy way to go back and listen to any of the episodes you want to on the web. Um, as well as we have the show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So if you want it to get it on your mobile device and have and subscribe to it so that every time a new episode is released, you can hear it, that's a good way to do that. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, thanks, Darren, for being here. And I just want to thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all on episode 23. At age 13, my mother knew I wasn't straight She didn't understand, but she had so much to say She sat me on the couch, looked me straight in my face And said, you'll burn in hell or probably die of AIDS It's funny now, but at 13, it was pain To be almost sure of who you are and have it ripped away And I'm sorry if it's too real for some of you to fathom But hate for who you love is not exactly what you'd imagine Uh... And I guess it was disastrous Cause everything that happened afterwards was just madness Locked away for two years to keep me on the inside Because she'd rather see a part of me die than me thrive And it's tougher when it's something you can't deny And ignorance teaches us it's something that you decide You're driven by your choices, an optical illusion Here's to understanding that it's not always confusion And I can't change Suffer beneath every single hand that chooses Ignorance, fuck your religion Fuck constitutions, fuck superstitions There are no lakes of fire, we're here on earth And the only thing to do is put love first And so I stand for the boy who died by his hand To the sound of his father screaming woman loves man This is Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve And I stand for the girl with the cuts up her sleeve And a heart in her hand and that chip on her shoulder And I stand for it all until ignorance is over This is for you, for knowing who you are For never letting your magic outside of your heart Be you, be brave And understand that things do change I accept you for you when I don't understand And I love you for you Cause this is who I am I accepted you for you when I didn't understand And I love me for me Cause this is who I am
is a message to the people who just don't get it. Love is love, there is no difference Not a medication to fix it, there is no prescription No rehab to visit, it is not an addiction It's love, and it's selfless It's yours and everybody else's So don't badger and abuse the solemnly defenseless See us as yourself, there's no equality and difference Until we all get it, we'll be drowning in the same blood Despite orientation, we all feel the same love Drowning in the same blood, despite orientation, we all feel the same love. and labeled before we're ever able to speak who we believe we are or who we dream will become like drum beats forever changing their rhythm i am living today as someone i had not yet become yesterday and tonight i'll only borrow pieces of who i am today to carry with me to tomorrow no i'm not gay no i'm not straight and i sure as hell i'm not bisexual damn it i am whoever i am when i am it loving whoever you are when the stars shine and whoever you'll be when the sun rises so here's to being able Here's to love, here's to loving just because, here's to acceptance, here's to never fearing the fear of rejection, here's to love and never neglecting who it is you feel you are, here's to bullies because beatings cannot last forever, here's to the moment that you realize things do get better, here's to the parents who will get it when it's too late, here's to second chances, here's to new fate. Here's to every single moment you've ever had to hide you. Here's to the single star shining bright inside you, asking you to guide you. Here's to who you'll be when you've figured it all out. Here's to momentary doubt. Here's to feeling, because we all feel it the same. Here is to the moment that things will change. Because we all feel love, we all feel it the same. Here's to love. Here's the change.